Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Off Air with Carmen. I'm really excited about my guest today. I will tell you this, today is my oldest, Haley Amanda. Today is her 30th birthday. So it was 30 years ago today that she made me a mom. And I will tell you that I was almost 20, not quite 20, very inexperienced, scared to death and had no idea what I was doing. But when they placed that little baby in my arms that Sunday evening, I felt a love that I have never felt before in my life. And all parents who are listening can relate to that. When they're little, we can protect them. And we really feel like we can shield them from the hurts of this world. Eventually they grow up and they have to walk their own journey. And uh, I specifically asked Haley to join me this week because Haley's turning 30 today. And we're going to talk about singleness. And every little girl has dreams in her heart to meet that Prince Charming. And you see the house and you see the wedding and you see the babies. And for Haley, that hasn't happened yet. But I'm so thankful that Haley loves Jesus and the emotions and the desires of her heart. She really wrestles out with him and not away from him. So we sat down at the dining room table, and this podcast is going to sound a little bit different. It's not in my office. Uh, We did the sound, (laughs) which you'll be able to tell. Um, But if you're in a waiting season or if you feel like some of your dreams have not been realized yet or you're not at a place where you thought you would be at a certain marker in your life, I hope this conversation really encourages you. Haley Amanda. Hi. Hi. So we are sitting in the dining room at my home, your former home. My former home. My home last week. Yes, it was your home last week. Mm -hmm. We're going to start there. We're going to start with COVID. 30 years ago, October 28th, it was a Sunday mm-hmm. at 7 p.m. on the dot. So like you're about to get emotional. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. We're not. I'm not getting emotional this early in. Um, you made me a mom. Mm-hmm. You made me a mom 30 Crazy. years ago. I know. Crazy. So I've asked you to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um and there's no other way to say it than just to, to jump right in. But yeah. we want to talk about singleness mm-hmm. because you're going to be 30 tomorrow. And I feel like this has been, I, you and I have had this conversation a lot um, mm-hmm. as mom, daughter, as yeah. friends, because yeah. you know, I consider you and your sister, my besties. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so great when you literally have your besties. Yeah. Um, but we've had this conversation as a family. Um, I had the last two Januaries, I have fasted and prayed for your future husband and I know that the Lord has taught you a lot mm-hmm. the last month or so, or the, not the last month, but the last year or so. And you're so wise and I love you so much. And you just, I admire you and I learn a lot from you. Um, you're going to make me cry. I know. I don't want to make you cry because <laughs> okay. I want to talk. <laughs> I'm probably going to cry a lot already and that's just good. I'm well, just going to start now. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about COVID first. Mm-hmm. And then there, I want to talk about some other just kind of funny things and then we'll jump into that. But that is why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I've not had anyone on my podcast yet just talking about singleness and how God calls you to that. And he's there in the waiting Mm -hmm. and we're going to get to all of that. But before we get to that, yes, we had COVID together. So daddy and sissy moved out and it was just you and me here for a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And you're my little COVID buddy. <laughs> That's a terrible way to say it, but it's the truth. We did it. We hunkered down. We did. We hunkered down. 
We did have our little routine. We did. It was kind of like every day we got up and we just, okay, this is the time we take our vitamins. (laughs) This is the time we make breakfast. Okay, now we're both going to go lay down and take a little nap. Nap, Because we're tired (laughs) from those two things that she just named. The fatigue is real, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It really is. That's part of the reason that we're recording this at the dining room table is because we were going to record it at the station and just coincidentally or FYI for those of you who may not know, Haley and I work together. That was never planned, Mm -hmm. Uh, but she started working at the station in 2015 Mm -hmm. with 30 Wishes. It was supposed to be a one-year deal and that's a story for another day but we work together now yeah. never saw that coming five years later i know isn't that crazy that's crazy that is really crazy but yeah the fatigue is real because we were going to record the podcast at the station and after the show and after re- doing another recording that i had i'm like i gotta go home and lay down and take it out before <laughs> we do this so yeah. are you starting to get your taste back yet not even a little well i will say this i can taste that something's really salty mm-hmm. or really spicy mm-hmm. um and i can tell what temperature it is yeah <laughs> but if you were to hand me something that has like the same texture as something else like i couldn't tell you what flavor it was so yeah. the flavor is gone i will say this i don't i don't have my taste back yet either but you know how and i would do this for us every day mm-hmm. how i'd get a a little cup of water and I'd put us two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in there mm-hmm. to just take a shot just mm-hmm. for, cause it's healthy. And it, and we would tease how it tasted like watered down Chick-fil-A lemonade. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, apple cider vinegar, Yeah, two shots of it. It tasted like watery lemonade. Yeah. Like barely. It's almost like the lemonade you get at church. Like after growing up, we used to have church and like lemonade yeah. and donuts in the um, lobby. North, yeah. North end. And, um, it was always like super watery because I get, got to like serve a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like yeah. a little bit of powder to a lot of water. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> and I will say I took some this afternoon when I got home and I feel like it was a tea tiny bit mm. more tart. Mm, gotcha. So I feel like it might be coming so, back a yeah. little bit. Um, any other thoughts about us being COVID? The best thing that's happened to me in the last couple of weeks is mm-hmm. that I'm a functioning human being because we know from the first couple of days that we had COVID here, you have this sinus pressure. Yeah. That's like a big symptom that we both had with sinus pressure. For us, and yeah. so we were taking a lot of Advil. And for the first, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say yes, now? Yes, yes. And so for the first couple of days, it took me probably two or three days to realize it, that every time I thought I was taking regular Advil, I was actually taking Advil PM. <laughs> so... I was wondering why you were sleeping so I was much like, more than me. Honestly, I was like a zombie walking yeah. around here. And it was like I my head was swimming and I just thought it was COVID. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I pulled the bottle down. I didn't like usually I reach into the cabinet and yeah. kind of just like pour two Advil in my hand in the cabinet. So it's mm-hmm. kind of dark. When I actually pulled it out into the light, I realized that the tablets were blue and not green. And mm-hmm. I said, something's wrong here. And yeah. I looked at the bottle and said, PM. I said, that explains a lot. <laughs> so okay next thing I want to talk about before we get into the other stuff you are such an office freak like you are a rabid office fan I've never watched the office I know honestly it's crazy and I need to (laughs) but tell give me give me your best 30 second pitch on why me and anyone listening who's never mm-hmm. watched The Office, why we should listen or okay. watch it, not listen, but oh why gosh. we should watch it. Well, I it. really wish that I could just pull up some clips and show you <laughs> because that's kind of what I do at work. But I don't know. I watched it when it was live on TV and it's just, I love sitcoms anyway. It's so funny, but also there's just a lot of heart too. And so you really, you fall in love with the characters and I think if you've worked in any type of office or you've ever done a group project or if you've ever been a part of any sort of group dynamic, 
which everybody has, you can pick out who all these characters are in your group. And so there were a lot of times when um, my mom would come like running, screaming through the hallways of the <laughs> office. And we're like, that's a Michael Scott moment or something <laughs> like that. And so you just really root for the characters mm. and all of these crazy things that they do. But also it's like a very boring run of the mill job. It's a paper company. They sell paper okay. in an increasingly digital world. So like the Got irony it. of that. Okay. But they're just, you. They're, it's fun and funny and you just, you love the people and you're invested in like what the characters' lives are all about. And so, and it's just really quotable, honestly. I think that you have a quote, you have an office quote for everything. I have a clip for everything. You I'll, have a clip for well, everything. Well, there's nine seasons, so that helps, but I will pull up a clip like once a day yeah, and yeah, show people. She totally does. <laughs> She's office all day long. I need to sit down and just watch The Office. So I've heard you say in that your 20s, mm-hmm. in your 20s, your this last decade, yeah. and we could obviously start back to when you were little, but like I said in the beginning of us starting this recording, I really mm-hmm. want to talk about singleness because I think you have such a great perspective. And I think there's a lot of young women out there mm-hmm. where culture and society tells you that you're not a complete woman mm-hmm. unless you have a man. Yeah. And we're here to dispel that lie from the enemy. In to, Jesus name. In Jesus name, <laughs> that lie from the enemy uh, today. Um, but I've heard you d- say that your twenties have been three distinct mm-hmm. seasons. Mm-hmm. So just talk about that. So obviously this is not a scientific study, but when I look back over the course of the last 10 years of my life and then some of the other girls' lives, that girls who I'm mentoring right now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just really have a clarity about what your 20s looks like. And I think it's not the exact same ages for everybody. It's zones. But the first set of them tends to be your college years, maybe fresh out of college. And it's just a lot of I'm on my own. I've probably moved out of my parents' house. And you're really just figuring out what being an adult looks like. You're trying to figure out who you are. What do I believe? What do I like? You know, do I use this toilet paper because my parents used it or do I like it? You know, it's a silly example, but it's just a lot of new discovery. And then I think you move away from the college first season of growth into the middle 20s. And that for me is when a huge season of growth for me was. It was really when I started to take ownership of my faith in a lot of ways. And I just see your mid 20s as a growing season because you're not a kid anymore. You're not in college. You're probably in your first job and maybe in a new city, maybe not. But it's really a season of all the things that you've ever known, which is school, is gone. And so you're figuring out what does life look like? How do I make friends not in a school setting? And so it's really that it's a big transition season from being a kid to really being an adult. And then your late 20s comes. And I feel like late 20s is when things really start, like the pieces really start to come together. And I feel like late 20s is when you start to, you feel a little bit more settled, a little bit more mature. And I think all of that will be like really confirmed in 30s and 40s and all of that. But I know something about my late 20s, 27-ish for me felt like a transition year of, I don't know, I just feel like I grew up. I feel like I'm I'm not so new at my job anymore. Like I'm a little bit, I have some experience. I have something to say and people listen. It's not like I'm a kid who's trying to like fake it till I make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just something really settled, settling and really peaceful about being in your late 20s. And from what I've heard, I think that's what I have to look forward to in 30s, but It's just, it really is three seasons of growth. And it's crazy to say this based off of what I'm about to say, Mm -hmm. but 
Honestly, late 20s has been my favorite. Has I've, it? I've really, really enjoyed my late 20s significantly more than the first two. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I mean, and that's what's, and this is why I love talking to you because actually everything you're saying, because I was at a completely different place. By mm-hmm. the time I turned 30, I had you and your sister. Yeah. So at a completely different place in life. And I do want to interject this here before we um, continue that Haley even told me before we got started, there's some things that she's about to share yeah. that I've not even heard yet. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear what mm-hmm. they are. Um, and I, I see that you have your journal, but before we get to the journal, I noticed a change in you from 28 to 29. Mm-hmm. I just remember even sitting here at the dining room table um, last year for your birthday, mm-hmm. you were celebrating your birthday and you were 29 and there was just this, I don't know if weightiness is the right word, but it mm-hmm. really hit you this. It was almost like a reality. Yeah. It's like when you you have that baby and you bring it home, yeah. it's like, okay, what do I do now? They yeah. didn't tell me, but there was just this weightiness or this realization that you had, that you had that said, you said to yourself, this is my last year of my twenties. It's almost mm-hmm. like we think our twenties are going to last forever. Mm-hmm. Cause when you, you know, when you're younger, 16, 17, 18, you just feel like mm-hmm. you're going to be young forever. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, thirties, tw- you know, 20 and then thirties, thirties right here. Mm-hmm. So what has happened with you in this last year? What's the transition been like, or what kind of thoughts have you had? Yeah, no, I think everything you described about that is exactly right. I think weightiness is a really accurate description, I think, of what this last year has been. And I will say 27 and 28 were just amazing years for me. And I really feel like those, I call those my harvest years. Mm. I feel like I was really living in the harvest of all the growth and the hard that I went through in the middle 20s. Mm -hmm. Um, And so around last year, my birthday last year, I really, I had that realization moment of going, oh my goodness, this is my last year of my 20s. And not that I think 30s old, but I just feel like this is changing decades is a big deal. It's and, almost like, okay, I'm grown up now. Yeah, That's, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm a grown up. I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. And there's something about being 30 something and not 20 something just feels different. And so I really started thinking a lot about where I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, um, I think a lot of people probably can relate to that. Where I started thinking about where I thought I would be versus where I am. Mm. And in a lot of areas, like I'm exactly where I thought and hoped I would be and the Lord has been good. But then there's some areas that I'm I'm not there yeah, yet. Talk and, about that a little bit more. And the, I mean, the biggest one that is certainly has colored this last year is just dreaming about marriage and being mm-hmm. married. And I think I'm already going to get emotional, That's but okay. I think a lot of girls never think you always see women who are single in their Mm thirties, but you never think that you're going to be her. Mm -hmm. You always think that you think that you're going to meet somebody. And I think one of my struggles, my whole life, um, something that I'm con my mom asks this question a lot. She Mm -hmm. asks people like, what's the lesson you have to learn from God over and over again. And I think the lesson that I have to learn over and over again is a little bit of Mm self-righteousness if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And it's not, of me thinking I'm better than other people. It's thinking if I do all the right things, then Mm. this is what I deserve. Gotcha. And so there's a lot of, God has definitely taken me on a journey of like, you can do everything in the world for me, but doesn't, we don't do that as a vending machine to get from God. Mm. And I think I have spent a lot of my life 
believing that, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's really, he's just done a lot in me. And so um, around that, this time last year, I was, like I said, I was really just trying to figure out like, okay, what do I want this last year to be? And the last thing I wanted was to spend my 29th year acting like I was just handed a prison sentence. Mm. And I think, uh, unfortunately, I've lived a lot of this last year feeling like I'm heading towards like like the prison that is 30 mm. and I'm just marching towards it. Oh, goodness. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not like happy to admit that, but I also, I'll touch more on this, but I do feel like it's been a journey. Mm-hmm. And so I really started praying around this time last year for just to hear from God. That's all I wanted is to say, God, this is hard. Being single is hard. I know marriage is hard, but being single is hard too. And so I really started praying and um, I was talking to some girls in my small group last fall, just about um, some situations I was in and just feeling a little sorry for myself, to be honest. And there was this one girl who gave, um, who recommended this podcast for me to listen to. And if you're I'm going to link it, but if there's a lot of, if there's any young single women, Mm -hmm. um, you have probably heard of the Mia Fields podcast. Mia Fields is a songwriter in like the Christian music community. Mm -hmm. Um, And she has done, she did this message at her friend's church in New York a couple of years ago. And it's the podcast is of that message. It's called A Beautiful Story. And she just really goes through her story as a single woman in her thirties. And I won't spoil the ending for you, but it's just, it is a beautiful story. And so- I really, I listened to it, I think like three days in a row, I think I listened to it. And um, there were some things that really resonated with me. And one of the things that she kept saying in the very beginning, when she was, she was on the floor in her room, crying out to God, just asking God, when is this season going to be over for me? And she felt like God say to her, like, you're disappointed in me. Mm. And she's like, no, I'm not God. I'm not disappointed. He's like, you're disappointed in me. Mm. And it, after a little bit of bargaining and negotiating, she came to realize she was disappointed in oh, God. Man. And so I remember listening to that. It's really funny right now mm-hmm. to be thinking about that because I remember hearing it saying like, wow, like it's amazing that she's so honest. But I was like, I don't feel that way. I was like, that's not me. I was like, God, you know, I have other things, but like disappointment in you is not one of them. I was very, very confident in that. Spoiler alert. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I just, she's, she went on this journey. I'm not going to say the whole thing, but she went on this journey of basically deciding to believe God that the best was still ahead for her, that marriage was in her future. And she set on, set out on this mission to prove God right. Instead of looking for all the areas that he has failed her, he started looking for all the ways that he is showing up for her and basically building a case as to why this was going to be her future and what the story God was writing well before she even met the man. And so that part of the story, I think, is where I start digging is to say, okay, God, I know you're starting to write my story already. So where do I see you already in action? Mm. Um, so instead of proving God wrong or seeing all the areas where he's failed her, she has- Or she felt like he failed She her. felt like he failed yeah. her. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Um, she went on this mission basically to build this case as to why, like, why God is already writing the story of her life. And so I think the thing that I really wanted to do this over this last year We'll start looking for those things. Mm. And so I think that not, I think I know the enemy is crafty mm-hmm. and I know that the enemy 
um, has a lot to say about who we are and identity. And I think he's really trying to attack identity. And so I think for me, there's just these words that started popping up in my brain. This is where I'll cry mm-hmm. because I know this is not true. Yeah. Um, but like you say to me all the time mm-hmm. that it's the enemy is going to speak to you the things that you're willing to believe. Yeah, it's true. And he'll the pick things- the stuff that he that you will you'll slurp up. And you, I say that all the time too. But the stuff that you just yeah. And so I think the words that I started hearing um, in my head and in my mind is words like you're like nobody's ever going to love you mm-hmm. because nobody ever has. And words and and obviously my family loves me, but. This is not something I always share publicly. I wasn't planning to, but like, I'm going to be 30 tomorrow Mm -hmm. and never had a boyfriend. I've been on one date. Um, I've never had a first kiss. And so those are things that as an almost 30 year old person, you tend to feel a lot of shame about. Mm, And so I think, sorry. Um, It's just a lot of words. I started looking around at people in my life and a lot of words like left behind, Mm. last, leftovers. Mm. Those kind of words are the ones that just started popping up in my head. And I think I started really struggling with this this idea that everybody is going to get exactly what they want from the Lord, except for me. Mm. And that whoever ends up with me one day, if that happens, like I'm going to be basically like the leftovers, like the runt of the litter. Mm. And so, sorry. This makes me want to come around (laughs) and hug you and punch the enemy in the face at the same time. I mean... And it's hard because I know, I know God well enough to know that even while I hear these words, Mm -hmm. I know it's not true. Right. It's like, I know in my heart, in my head, I know in every ounce of my being, I know God well enough to know Mm -hmm. that none of that's true. Right. But at the same time, your head says one thing and your feelings say something else. Yeah. And I also know enough to know that feelings aren't accurate, but the pain that feelings cause is still real. Yeah. And so there was just a really big struggle between feeling, um, I don't know, just feeling really left behind and really forgotten about. I think that's the biggest thing that I had to start taking to God was just this idea that I felt like he forgot me, like he remembered everybody else, but he forgot forgot about me. Mm. Oh, and that is where Satan is so crafty and he's so good and Yet one more example of he will take the thing mm-hmm. that he knows you're going to believe, the thing that's going to demoralize you, shame you, mm-hmm. make you depressed. Yeah. And it's just a lie from the pit mm-hmm. and smells like smoke. Yeah. It absolutely does. So do you? are you still having – I mean, I know you've been sad. Mm-hmm. You've had your sad days. I, yeah. Those words, I've never heard you say those words left behind and no one's ever loved you nor will they which is just, ooh, it makes me so mad as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, how, where are you now? Um, I feel, well. I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm yeah. just saying with those words, are those words still in your head, I guess is what I'm asking um, you. 
it's crazy because there's been a couple instances that I can think of. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's been more, but there's two moments that really have marked me over the last year okay. of people speaking things to me okay. completely unsolicited. Natalie being one of them. Natalie, I wasn't um, going to say her, but <laughs> Natalie Grant being one of that them. That took me out. Um, and a friend of mine from my small group who I didn't really know that well yeah. um, felt like God Ugh. told her to tell me some things. Wow. And she was really nervous. Yeah. Um, because she's like, this has never happened before, <laughs> but God told me to tell you this. And Natalie Grant's the other one. Yeah. And, and that um, came out of nowhere. like Absolutely. And this is high notes, God. Yeah. Because it came out of nowhere and so unexpected and there's nothing to be gained. Nothing. Nothing no, to be gained. Natalie is just like, I need to tell you this. And so one of the things, um, we had Team Freedom in February and she was here. And so we were yeah. just chatting and she just pulled me aside and told me she had been thinking about me and praying for me for a long time, for years. And one of the words that she said that I'll never forget, the same words that my friend in my small group used, she said, there's something about you that is set apart mm. and that God has not forgotten you. <laughs> and I said, for oh, you to use the word set, set apart, apart. Not for forgotten. someone who feels so unseen yeah, and so, oh, so in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have spent most of my life being very comfortable being the wallflower. Like I'm very comfortable to be behind the scenes and all of that. Yeah. And I don't necessarily seek out like ways to be in front of people and I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like, you want to be seen by the people in your lives. But, but everybody wants to be seen by a couple of people. Yeah. And you are very seen by your family. Oh, so for sure. I for don't, sure. I don't want people to think you're not close to oh your my family, gosh. No, no, no. but this is, you know, we're talking about, you want to be married. Yeah. A lot of, I mean, so let's talk about for a couple of minutes about how do you navigate the road that you're walking mm-hmm. between knowing for mm-hmm. sure, because you're a smart woman. How do you navigate the desires of your heart? Mm-hmm. And your desires are to be married and have a family one day yeah. with also knowing that you are already a complete person mm-hmm. in Jesus, you know, lacking nothing. Um, how do you, how do you navigate that? I think for me, it's a lot of this is going to sound so cliche, but it's the thing for a reason. But it really is a matter of what you're consuming. Mm. And that's, good. Um, that's a good word, babe. And I think for myself, I know when I'm not in a healthy place mm-hmm. is tends to be when I'm over consuming um, social media, social media, yeah. podcasting for me, mm. TV. I am like, I tease all the time with my small group. Like I know I'm not in a healthy place when I'm binging Netflix. Like it's my job. Um, and I had this revelation actually in high school, but I think there's a lot of times when I can be so disenfranchised or disinterested in my own real life mm-hmm. that it's like I throw myself into a TV show mm-hmm. and I would rather live the lives of these characters gotcha. than to be in my own personal one. Mm-hmm. And so when I notice like I'm watching more television or that kind of stuff, I'm it's a, they're like escapist things. It's things that take you out of reality and into a different reality. Mm-hmm. And when those things start happening, that's when I have to step back mm-hmm. and I have to say, okay, God, something's going on here. I... Um, there's some things amiss and I need to bring them to you. And one thing that I've been really good at in 2020 is journaling mm-hmm. and bringing these things to God. I actually have two journals that I've been okay. working through this year. One's like a guided like prayer prompt journal mm-hmm. um, for it's made for single women. Okay. Um, and then the other one's just like, I'm just journaling whenever I have random thoughts and stuff. And so I think bringing a lot of that stuff to the Lord, I was actually going through both of them um, in preparation for this last yeah. night. And I was really nervous because, you know, I don't know if you've ever gone back through journals, but 
I was really nervous that just, I don't know, I kept thinking, I'm like David, we're like one, one journal entry i'm praising god for the goodness that he did that day <laughs> yeah the very next, next day one, like, crying yeah, out in god, despair where are you literally yes. and so i was really i was like kind of like pre-cringing uh-huh but it's actually been cool to bring it back to the original question i yeah. guess is i've i didn't cringe reading some of it but what i did see is the journey that god has brought me on mm. over the last 12 months mm-hmm. and i remember this time last year asking him for I don't know if revelation is the right word. I was asking for him to show up, to speak to me, to learn. Um, Let me see you. Let me feel you. Let me know you're here. Exactly. And I I wouldn't have said this six months ago, but now I would say I absolutely have heard from the Lord. Mm. And it's like I can sit back here and say that this is part of my story, but I think there's something in me that's turned a corner. Okay. And I'm just really like God's doing the work. Yeah. Well, I saw you, I mean, even when we were here in quarantine the last few weeks, I Mm -hmm. saw you sitting in the front room Mm -hmm. journaling. Um, So I see that you have your journal with you. Mm -hmm. There was a May entry. Yep. um, And then there's one from just recently, right? Mm -hmm. So any that you're willing to share? (laughs) Yeah. So the first one I will, um, I can just tell from memory and the second one I might have to read from a little bit. Okay. But um, I... Like this year was going great. I started off the year. Everyone started 2020 with a bang and then COVID happened. And that was really hard. And um, I got to, I was really leaning into um, practicing Sabbath. Okay. And so there's this one weekend in the middle of May where I, it was like, we're kind of past COVID a little bit. We're coming out of the woods. And so. As far as like lockdown. Yeah. And so my roommate left for the weekend to visit some friends in her hometown. And so it was just me. I was excited about having a day of Sabbath and I woke up and I I really just like wasn't feeling it. And I've gotten pretty good at doing Sabbath, like in a way that's just, I love and enjoyable and I spend time with the Lord and all that. But I just woke up really not feeling it. And so I was like, well, I'll just, you know, do it anyways. And so I like did my journal and I started reading a little bit and all I want to do is just veg out and do nothing. I wanted to watch TV and just like, and I don't do media on my Sabbath. And so social media, TV, all that's a no, no for me mm-hmm. podcasting, none of that. And so I um, was sitting on the couch, like reading a book and I just was like not really paying attention. And for some reason I just had this like really big urge to go start cleaning. Like I just hadn't cleaned my house, I guess in a couple weeks. And I just really wanted to clean. And it, my mom can tell you. <laughs> that <laughs> does, was a big deal. <laughs> does that sound like me? Uh, no. <laughs> and no. I don't, I just, I'm like, I'm, cleaning is not an, it's something I have to do. It's not an enjoyable experience probably for most people. You get it, honestly. Yeah. And so I just started cleaning. And so I started in my kitchen, cleaned my whole kitchen, moved to my bathroom, started doing all of that. And I um, was sitting there and I was just like, I'm, honestly, I was, I felt like I was ignoring God. And because I kept telling myself, like, well, you'll just, you'll think about God, you'll talk to him, you'll pray, like, while you're cleaning, like, that would be time to spend with him. Did I do that? No. And so I was just, I was in the bathroom, and I was just, I don't know, there's something over me. I was almost like, I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me, like, where are you? Like, Mm. what are you doing today? Mm. And, And I had this moment of being like, well, I'm just frustrated. And it was almost like a back and forth a little bit of like, what, what are you frustrated about? And so I started naming the things. Mm-hmm. I'm frustrated that I'm single. I'm frustrated that I don't feel like I have um, like a really huge community right now because COVID has just shut the world down. 
it's hard being and it's when in this i mean you are so active in church and Mm -hmm. you are building up your small community yeah and and you probably felt there for a while you felt like you had more of a community than you'd ever had ever had and it just went away Yeah. yeah and so exactly right and so i just i was frustrated a couple of people i know had you know, just got engaged the weekend before and I was frustrated about that. And I was just in a season of frustration and it took me back to that Mia Fields podcast of her arguing with God about disappointment. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that it hit me that it was like, Haley, I think you have more disappointment than you realized that you did. And so I started like, I was like, okay, like I started feeling guilty because I was like, God, like, of course you're always right. Of course I'm not. And so I had this moment where I, um, I told him, I said, God, you know what? Like, I just need to hear from you. I need to experience you. I know, but I know how my story is going to end. And I know that this season is really hard, but I know what the ending looks like. And the ending looks like me thanking you and praising you and giving you glory Mm. for the beautiful thing that you do, Mm. because that's what you always do. You always show up and every story ends with me praising your goodness, no matter what it looked like to get there. And so I said, I know I'm going to be praising your goodness and living with great joy. Hmm. And mom, I swear to you, I heard as clear as I've ever heard God. Mm-hmm. It, it's just that it pops in your head and you know it's him. And he yeah. says, but you're not living with great joy now. Mm. And I, it, it was like instant, instant tears. And I, I, I don't often like fall to my knees, but I did. And I started crying and I said, God, you're right. Like, you're right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in my waiting season angry, frustrated, disappointed, and you have given me every opportunity to live with great joy and contentment in every season. And I'm choosing to to live in this one, sad, frustrated, disappointed, all of these things, instead of choosing to live with joy simply because I get to be in relationship with you. And so that was a big turning point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I, it was really good. It was honestly, it was, Oh, I'm just so proud of you. And this is where you're just so, oh, it's just, it's a full circle moment for mm-hmm. me too, because I can remember the day that I found out that I was pregnant with you, which obviously that was on mine and daddy's podcast, but mm-hmm. just, you know, I didn't do it the right way. And, mm-hmm. but, oh my gosh, like, look at you, look at the beautiful story, like mm-hmm. just for that, the whole thing to just come full circle where, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing at 19 years old with a brand new baby. Mm-hmm. And then here you are today, just proclaiming the name of the Lord and following him and running after him and dropping to your knees. And just, you are, you are living proof right here before my very eyes that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. He is faithful. Mm-hmm. And you bring me great joy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Anyway, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. I think about the scripture, and I know you're gonna, there's another entry that you want to read here. Mm-hmm. But I just think about the, um, I think it's in Third John, but there's no greater joy. We'll put it in the mm-hmm. show notes. But there's no greater joy for a mom than to know that her children are walking in truth. Mm-hmm. And that's you. Mm-hmm. You're mean. <laughs> we have this thing oh. where if, if I cry, mom cries. If yes. mom cries, I cry. That's and Abby's exactly. the same way too, honestly. All three of us. One person cries, we're yeah, all three crying. We're all three crying. <laughs> it's a three yes. for one deal. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so do you feel like you've walked in joy since then? Since? Um, that was May. And I would say. You know what's different about this time too? Just mm-hmm. not to interrupt you. Sure. But, you know, you've always talked about how I will, I will speak the hard thing to you. Mm-hmm. And this last year, 
it's been you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen that transition with you yeah. and I will still speak the hard thing to you, but I haven't thought about it, but you are, you're right. Yeah. Like it's all, you have said your whole life, mom, you tell me what I need to hear when I need to hear it. And you mm-hmm. tell me the hard thing, you, even though I don't want to hear it. And the fact that the Holy spirit, I mean, Jesus is just, you, you're wrestling it out with him mm-hmm. and yeah, he's, he's guiding you. I just keep thinking that this has been a really hard year. 2020 has been a hard year. And I, and sometimes I think 29 and 2020 go hand in hand because my birthday is close to the end of the year. And so it's felt like this has been all happening um, all together. And it's been a hard year. And I, I keep asking, I keep saying, God, at the end of this, whatever it looks like, whatever, I'm, I'm not going through this expecting there to be a husband waiting for me at the end. I would mm-hmm. like for that, but I don't expect it. Mm-hmm. But I keep saying, God, this is hard, but as long as the end of it, I know you better. Mm. That's all I want is mm. just to know you better, to trust you more for all the things that you've done to me, just to be cemented further. And it's like you go from one mountaintop to the next. We actually had a pastor in church, a guest pastor over the summer in church. And we did this series and he was talking about, um, it was your mysteries who had, oh, it's about Psalm 23. Yeah. yeah. And we had, they had the lamb, yes, lamb yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. that is the example. And um, he had the, there's like a little bar top table that they put, bring mm-hmm. out on stage for the pastor to put their Bible on and notes and all that. And he had the lamb and he was um, just like playing with it or whatever. And so he looked over and he was talking about, um, you know, this right now, the lamb's on a mountaintop. Yeah. And so he said, but he looked over the drum cage and said, but that's a higher peak. But how do we get to that? Mm-hmm. You have to go down the mountain and up the next mountain to get to the higher peak. Wow. And I remember like crying and just saying, that's me. Yeah. Like I was at, I feel like, you know, my last couple of years I was at the peak and right now I'm going down the mountain, but then it's like, I know what the end's going to be and it's a higher peak. And that means cl- more intimacy with God, mm. a greater closeness with God than mm. what I currently have. And I think mm. we all go through those seasons Yeah. and I, I knew I was entering it. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but here we are. Yeah. So you have one more journal entry. Yeah. To, so to wrap. Yeah. And so I feel like um, July was a really horrible month. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. I talked a lot about what my fasting ritual looked like for that month because yeah. it was so hard. And so I felt like once the school year got going, we were groove- moving and grooving at work again. Yeah. And then all of a sudden COVID happened. Um, like for you and me, COVID happened. You and me, yeah. And so, which we, is three weeks ago. Yeah. And Four so I was ago. just, I was really trying to be intentional about dr- journaling every day, mm-hmm. and just honestly, mostly just to remember it because, yeah. you know, a few years from now, I want to remember what was it like to be quarantined for two weeks. And I got home, and the very first night I was back at my house, I started journaling. And you know, I'm sure you've had this experience. You know, when you sit down to like small, um, like quiet time with the Lord prayer, any of that. And you think it's going to go one way Mm -hmm. and then God takes you a different direction and you're like, okay, okay. Okay. Got it. This was one of those experiences, but I feel like I'm going to have to read. (laughs) Okay. I love it. Oh, thank you, baby. For just, thank you for sharing all this with us. Mm, Truly. Like you're being, I'm the one that's like tells everything and blah, the blabber mouth. (laughs) You're a lot more private. So the fact that you're sharing this means a lot. I think I'm just, I'm, I'm definitely an internal processor, yeah. I think. And mm-hmm. so, um, okay. So I got, basically I was home and we talked about this in the beginning, how we have no taste, we yeah. have no taste buds, any of that stuff. Yeah. And so I was just kind of having a, like, to be honest, like a pity party about that. Like I was sad. I was like, my birthday's coming up 
We and can't taste right still. Okay. Like, that's literally in my journal. Is it really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you much older? I one? said, I'm not even going to have right still. Like, <laughs> I was just like having a pity party for yeah. myself that I had COVID, that I couldn't taste right still cake. I was just feeling really sad. And so um, I'm going to read from this part. Forgive me for reading. But um, I said, okay, I'm talking about my taste buds. I said, it seems like it lasts for six to eight weeks for a lot of people. That would hopefully mean they will come back around Thanksgiving, but honestly, who knows? I am just sad about the idea that this could last forever, but that's also how I feel about being single. Seems like a theme for me. Not sad about the thing, sad about how long the thing might last. Scared of the idea of it being forever, even though I have no evidence to believe that the worst case scenario will be my option. It's almost like if I could just know what I'm in for, I can deal. I can do anything for a blank amount of time. I've said that my whole life. I used to say growing up that I would be totally fine being single until I met the guy if I just knew when I was going to meet him. And I would totally totally be fine waiting to date until then. But where's the trust in that? Anyone can do anything on a timeline. It's stewarding the waiting well that's the hard part. And the waiting is the worst. The waiting causes the pain, the anxiety, the hopelessness, the fear. But it also creates the space for hope and trust to flourish. How easy would life be if we knew when every mile marker was? The big things in 2019 and 2020 for me have been trust and faith, believing that the best days are ahead regardless of what they look like and still trusting that my desires match the Lord's and that he will be faithful to fulfill them. Um, that's kind of like the, the bulk mm-hmm, of that mm-hmm. part of it. But I kind of I wrote down this verse that I think has been my, the you know, when verses just come to you, yeah. the Lord speaks it to you. And yeah. so... Um, there's been a verse that has just really been a lifeline for me this whole last year. Um, but it's from second Peter, the first part of second Peter three, um, nine says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as mm. some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. And the verse right before that verse eight says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends, With the Lord, the day is like a thousand years mm. and a thousand years are like a day. Mm. And so I just, I keep coming back to that, that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness, but he's patient with us. Yeah. And so I've, I keep thinking about this idea that in the Bible, like Jesus and Paul both were single people. And if there's two people who preach the gospel, (laughs) that's it, (laughs) Jesus and Paul. And they keep talking about how um, like singleness is almost like the goal Mm -hmm. and that it's like. They both say in the Bible that if you can't be Be single, single. then you should get married for a myriad of reasons. And so I just keep thinking that as a Christian woman in the church, like how encouraging would it be if someone were to say the message that the Lord is patient with you, the Lord is not slow, and where you're living right now is where you're supposed to be. Mm. And I don't want to say that marriage is settling or anything like that because it's absolutely not. It's such a gift. Mm -hmm. But there is fruit to be had mm-hmm. and to be given in your season. And in my um, small group right now, we're doing, um, it's called God of Creation. And um, we've all heard this Bible verse. So it's the creation story, right? And so we've all heard this verse a thousand times in our life if you grew up in church about be fruitful, multiply. And what does that mean? Yeah. It means to go have kids go and have populate. Kids. That's right. And yeah. so um, Jen Wilkin, the, the author, she said, well, what, a, what does that mean for women who are single? who can't have kids, mm-hmm. who've lost children, mm-hmm. who are just a various reasons why a woman wouldn't have kids. Like, what does this first mean for them? And she said, what does it mean to be fruit, um, to be fruitful? It means to produce fruit. 
what are the fruits that we're supposed to do? The fruit of the spirit. And so we're supposed to produce peace, love, patience, kindness, kindness yeah. goodness, self-control. Yeah. And what does it mean to multiply? Multiply can be have kids, but it also can be multiply your influence, yeah. multiply your service, multiply mm. your the way that you steward the giftings that God has given you. And so be fruitful, be these things mm-hmm. and multiply the impact for the kingdom that you have, mm. regardless of if you're in a marriage, regardless of if you're having kids. And so I think that's been my big takeaway in all of this is that this is a season to be, hopefully it's short. I'm, I don't know though. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's a season to be cherished mm-hmm. and that the Lord is still good and still doing good things, even on days that really don't feel good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love you, Haley, Amanda. Thank you. I love you. I know I just, I'm just sitting here. It's like, first of all, we're, I can't get up from the mic because I'm going <laughs> to, you should see the way we're not engineers. So you should see the way we have these rigged up, They're actually sitting on Bibles. Um, but I'm just so proud of you and just the wisdom that you have. And I love, I love your perspective on this season. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are going to be people listening and you're going to really encourage them. And then the other thing that I love too is, who knows? Who knows mm-hmm. what the Lord's going to write with your life? Yeah. And just the fact that you let us in, you know, we always love to tell stories mm-hmm. that have the pretty bow at the end. Yeah. We love that where there's the triumph, triumphant moment and here's what happened. This mm-hmm. was the hard and here's the triumphant. And there's no red bow. There's yeah. no red bow for this yet. But you're leaning in and learning to live every day with the red bow. Mm-hmm. So I love you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for just sharing your heart. Mm, thank you. And happy 30th. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually, I will say this. This is the last thing, but I I wouldn't have said this a year ago, but saying this now, like I really am excited. I think there's a lot of good things that come with 30. Mm-hmm. And obviously being single is just one piece of the story. I don't sure. want to act like I'm not... You have a good life. Yeah, I have a yeah. really good life. And I don't want to act like my life is so hard and challenging um, because the Lord has been so good to me and like abounding goodness in so many ways. But I, um, I'm i just, I'm looking forward to, I think, the peace that mm-hmm. comes with being in your 30s, being older. I think there's a peace that comes with that, a confidence. Mm-hmm. I think there's a credibility mm-hmm. in profession, in life, and talking about the Lord, any of that that comes with being mm-hmm. a little bit older. And so... There's definitely some things I'm looking forward to. I wasn't excited about it a few months ago, but I think, <laughs> I think I am now. It's coming either way. You know what's really funny is 30, 30 was really hard for me. 40 was not mm. hard for me, but mm-hmm. 50 is around the corner for mm-hmm. me, and I'm struggling with that. We might be having the same conversation the other way. You're going to be interviewing me. Yeah. I love you so much, Haley Bug. I love you too. Oh, I am so proud of her. And as I mentioned in the podcast, Haley just represents the faithfulness of God in my life. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you have, would you give it a five-star review? And always feel free to leave a comment. I try to go and read those. And if there's someone who's in a waiting period that you think would be encouraged by this, please share this with them. And I'm not sure that I'll be back here next Tuesday because it is election day. So I might take that day off. But I will see you back here in a couple of weeks right here on Off Air with Carmen.